Hello, and welcome to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. Here at the Freedom Challenge, we strive to do good by helping enslaved women and children to do more than you ever thought physically possible and to do it together by connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. We hope you enjoy your time being informed and encouraged with host Tracy Doherty and our amazing guests. So let's get ready and join Tracy for this week's episode. Welcome to season three of the Freedom Challenge Online. I am so excited to be back with you all for a whole new season of learning, fabulous conversations, growing, all centered around the vision of the Freedom Challenge. And as we kick off this season and we bounce out of looking at what the Lord has done, We've looked back and we've testified and we are not changing the story, friends. We are more convinced than ever that Freedom Challenge is living freedom. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. I'm thrilled to dive into some of these topics with you and to help us understand what living freedom is, we're rebooting the What the Lord Requires Bible Study that was written last year by myself and Lisa De Silva. She is the founder and the CEO of Arise Ministries Collective. It was published on Amazon. Maybe some of you listening received it, bought it. But we're rebooting it. And paired with that is going to be deep diving into, you know, what this Micah 6 is all about. We're going to have some meaningful conversations throughout this year with subject matter experts, some that will be familiar to you and some that um, you've never met before. There'll be brand new voices, some uh, that I have never even met, but I am thrilled to talk with. And the way this is going to look is that we're going to take the book, the Bible study, and we're going to break it into the segments, stories of justice, stories of kindness, stories of humility, all focused on that Micah 6 passage. And it's our desire that these conversations, as I said, with new and old friends would activate freedom and then animate how we, as a movement of passionate women, do justice, love kindness, and then walk humbly with our God in everyday life. Now, here we go. The kickoff of the podcast says season three, and I love that this old friend of mine and a voice that you have even most recently heard. She was the facilitator of the last podcast of 2022, wrapping all of that up. Her name is Michaela Mayo, and she is a pretty fabulous voice for the Freedom Challenge podcast behind and now in front. And so I've asked her to share and be our kickoff episode as we begin Stories of Justice in our season. So, Mac, 
we've done this a hundred times. <laughs> you're a great friend. You're a colleague and you're a voice that has been heard by our audience. So welcome and give us a short introduction about yourself. Yeah, thank you. I am excited to be back on the podcast here. And if any of you listened to our last podcast of season two, our last episode, I was on there and shared a little bit about myself. But I will share again, um, just for anybody who might be new and listening. Um, So as Tracy said, I am Michaela Mayo. I am the communications assistant here for the Freedom Challenge, which means I help... um, in a lot of the communication aspects. So that includes our Freedom Challenge newsletter, our Freedom Challenge social media platforms, and then, of course, this podcast that you're listening to today. I help uh, with managing and making it all happen um, so that you can listen to these episodes. So it is such an honor to now be here on this side of it again and get to share a little bit about uh, what we'll be discussing today. Um, I always have had a pretty intense passion for justice um, from starting from mm. a pretty young age. And so um, when I was in high school, it specifically was highlighted to me the tragedies of human trafficking and the very real darkness mm. that exists in our world uh, revolving around this issue. And I remember even then thinking, I really want to be a part of fighting this injustice and be a part mm. of bringing awareness and light to this issue in our world. And so getting to be a part of the Freedom Challenge team now, all these years later, um, is just such an honor, and I feel super blessed to be a part of it. So I'm excited to be here with you guys today. Mm. This woman is an amazing partner in so many things within the Freedom Challenge. If you're able to look at you know, any of our beautiful assets, photography, even the shaping of this podcast, you know that Michaela's leadership and creativity is very much a part of that. And so we often get to Michaela co-author and create these podcasts together. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we were prayerfully planning this season and laying out what living freedom would look like, It just kind of leapt off the page that we should reboot this Micah 6 Bible study and kind of do a deeper dive into that. And um, one of the things that, you know, has struck me about this Bible study and even this passage is in a world that feels so complex, like what does God want me to do? There's this boiling down and this precision. Mm where it's offered to us, like the way to freedom is this. This is what I require of you. I mean, the passage actually says, this is what I require of you, oh human. It's like so straight out there Mm. that it goes on to say to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. There's something compelling that just pulls me into wanting to know more as it's connected to freedom. And so you and I are going to do that together. Mm -hmm. We're going to have this awesome conversation today. And it's really, um, you know, when we were, you and I were planning this together, I remember talking through who we could invite and, you know, what it would look like. And in that moment, you came to mind and I stepped away and prayed and then came back and invited you because, You've been on a journey 
that I believe signifies a huge part of what it looks like to do justice as a Jesus follower. Mm. And that is this, you know, greater picture of biblical justice, of caring for the unborn and bringing the fatherless and the motherless into a home. And so I have been able to be on the front row seat of your journey and I really want you to tell us more. I want, give us the behind the scenes on your decision to do justice as a family, you and Kyle and Everly together Mm. in caring for the unborn. Yeah. So, um, as you said, it's been a journey. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. with every journey, there's a story. Um, and Mm -hmm. so before I want to, uh, share that story with you all today. Um, I first want to preface it with um, just saying that I'm actually in the middle of this story. I'm in the middle um, part of the journey, which oftentimes can be a really hard part <laughs> of the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so even in fact, a few days ago, I was actually um, even just struggling and lacking confidence with even knowing what to say um, today Mm -hmm. as I've, um, been contemplating and praying like, Lord, what would you have me share, um, as I'm literally in the trenches of this journey Mm -hmm. right now. So, um, I want to first say that. And the reason I want to say that is because, um, I would love to end this story today with a happy ending Mm -hmm. and tie it all up with a pretty bow. That would be like amazing. (laughs) But that's not the case. Um, I am definitely in the middle of waiting. And so if anybody listening today, um, if you're in the middle of a season, maybe it's um, a season that you're trying to grow your family in a certain way, you're waiting for a child to join your family, or you're just in a season of waiting on the Lord in different aspects, I just want to say that I am with you. I see you. Mm. Um, I know the pain and the struggle that it is to wait and wait and wait some more. (laughs) Um, And so after a lot of prayer and thought on this, um, I can tell you that there is a story of God's faithfulness even while I'm here in this middle part. And so I feel honored to get to share that with all of you today. And so Mm. as I start this story, I want to say I um, have no doubt in my mind that where I'm standing today has been very purposefully orchestrated um, by God. Every step in my journey to adoption was um, directed and led by him. And I can see it in so many ways. And it actually began when I was a little girl. Uh, I was actually seven or eight years old. And I had my very first experience inside of an orphanage. Um, And I was actually born and raised as a missionary kid in Guatemala and Mexico until I was in high school. But when I was around seven years old, I was just beginning my relationship with Mm -hmm. Jesus and had just recently asked him to come into my life. And my family at the time actually decided to volunteer to help a family that was coming from the United States um, who were in the process of adopting three children from Guatemala. And so I got the opportunity to go with my um, parents to this orphanage that the family Mm -hmm. was adopting from. And I remember walking into the room 
when we first got there and it was just this massive room with rows and rows and rows of cribs and um, there were many babies in these cribs and some were crying Mm -hmm. some were sleeping through all the noise and I must have been standing there like super wide-eyed and confused Mm -hmm. (laughs) because a lady who worked at the orphanage um, walked by and she looked at me and she said to me in Spanish don't worry, they'll stop crying eventually. They have to get used to not having a lot of the attention since there are so many kids in here. And (laughs) yeah. And I just remember like already at that age, I was just like taken aback. You know, I, I, I remember thinking vividly in my head, this is not fair. Um, and it like felt like a physical ache in my heart and my body. And I knew from that moment that when I grew up, I wanted to be a mom. And hearing that woman, Mm -hmm. I wanted to adopt all these babies. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, that's when God began to plant a very small seed in my little Mm -hmm. seven or eight-year-old heart. um, Because my heart was broken um, for this injustice that I was seeing. And I remember I would lay in bed at night and I would pray for those kids in the orphanages and I would wonder how it was fair that Mm. they didn't have parents and families um, to love them and take care of them. And yet I was sitting here with a family and siblings and in a home and it just felt I could vividly see the injustice happening in front of me. Um, But at the same time, I was so inspired by this family that came and adopted these three siblings from that orphanage. And um, this is when the seed began to take root. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So um, you kind of fast forward a few years and um, I remember begging my parents um, to adopt a child. I remember saying, do you guys want to adopt? Like, this would be a great idea Mm -hmm. if we adopted. (laughs) And... um, my parents never did, but I um, <clears throat> wanted so badly to play a part in this. Even though I was still in high school, I remember I was 16 years old. I decided to go on a mission trip to Myanmar to volunteer working in an orphanage that our church was working uh, with at the time. And it was that through that experience that I found out that I could play a part um, in helping orphans through sponsorship. Um, the church that I was attending at the time had a sponsorship program with this specific orphanage where you could give uh, of your finances to help provide schooling, food, and basic needs for the children because Myanmar was a closed country in terms of adoption. So um, people, families were not allowed to adopt from that country and still aren't even now at this time. So while I was there, I actually met a little three-year-old boy who completely stole my heart. And I found out that he didn't have a sponsor. So I immediately volunteered to do so. I said, pick me, pick me. I'm going to do this. <laughs> so as a little 16-year-old with a part-time job, I, I began sponsoring him. And later on, after I got married to my husband, Kyle, we uh, both actually returned to Myanmar and we visited him and um, my husband was able to meet him. And then we still sponsor him today, (laughs) all these years later. Mm. Um, And I know um, that the Lord really used this experience to grow both me and my husband's love and heart for adoption. So yeah, it just, the journey continued on, but these were a couple pivotal moments that led to this place that we are now. Um, 
uh, four years into our marriage, we were actually surprised and excited uh, to find out that we were expecting our firstborn daughter, Everly Jean. Um, and I would need a whole podcast to talk about Everly Jean <laughs> uh, entering into the world because she, her life is amazing. And we know without a doubt that God had a plan in bringing her to us, even though she was a surprise and wasn't really what we had thought we would um be doing when we started growing our family. In fact, we actually talked about growing our family through adoption before um, mm. having our children biologically. So, uh, but God knew, God knew exactly what he was doing. Mm. And after we had Everly, we, we talked about adoption again, but we were actually in the process of moving overseas and to serve in ministry. So um, we had to place that dream in our back pockets for a little bit because um, we weren't in the position to be able to go through all of the the steps that are uh, required to pursue adoption when we were in limbo. So we began praying for another baby, though, because our hearts were desiring for our family to grow. And this led us then to a very long journey of infertility. We experienced um, five years of longing and trying mm-hmm. for a, another child um, and uh, experienced four losses in that time frame as well. And um, this journey then came to an end in 2021 after we lost our fourth baby. And it resulted in a procedure that has left me no longer being able to carry biological children. And I'll say the pain and the grief um, that came from these years were probably some of our darkest days as a family. Um, God and I entered a really long season of wrestling Uh, And this wrestling led me to growing with the Lord in deeper ways that I didn't know were possible. Uh, And if you think about the whole aspect of wrestling, Mm -hmm. uh, it's not usually very graceful. (laughs) It's pretty messy. (laughs) Uh, It's really hot usually. It's uncomfortable. It can be painful at times. Um, But what I learned through it, though, is that it brought a new level of closeness that I really never experienced before. Mm. And this closeness and wrestling led to then a deep healing. And honestly, I'm still in that healing process. So ultimately, um, there's work still that's being done that God's still doing, Mm. but it had, it ultimately then led me back to this dream Mm -hmm. that we had of pursuing adoption. And so in 2021, we began the process of pursuing adoption. And I will say it was very painful. It was very hard. It required a lot of faith to take this step. But we stepped out and now we are here waiting for a child um, that God has for us. Still not at the end of the story, like I said in the beginning, but we're in process. So that is a little bit of the story of how how we got here. Wow. It. That is a Selah, and let's pause and think on that. It mm-hmm. it what you just painted for us is is so rich, and a few things <clears throat> I'm thinking about as you're talking is one how fascinating it is that God planted justice in your heart as a little girl. You didn't know what was happening, but he was planting his heart in Mm -hmm. you. And then it was watered and you cultivated it with the help of so many experiences. Mm -hmm. And even it was fertilized 
what with what may have felt like a crappy situation and always like it, that mm-hmm. all has become this fertilization for what God is growing in you and what he is calling, you know, all of us who have been watching you in this journey and, you know, feeling that heartbreak and, you know, hearing and learning from what's happening in you. It's, it's growing the heart of justice in us because we're seeing your faith walking into the unknown, stepping into what you don't know, what the end of the story or the outcome is. And there's so much courage in that. And so that's why I even love that you're, you're willing to open up about something that you don't know how it will be. And that right there is the is the the beauty of the faith walk of following Jesus that we say we see over and over again through the mentorship mm-hmm. of scripture. And you're mm-hmm. mentoring us by saying God invites us into these unknown journeys when he plants his heart in us and we walk with him and there's a discovery that's happening and we get to hear your discovery along the way. And it Mm. brings us back again into what it actually looks like to do justice from Micah 6 and, you know, how that just connects to the heart of this particular journey of adoption. So I want you to speak into that even more. Yeah. 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 So I actually um, had the opportunity last year um, when we launched the Bible study, I, um, decided that I wanted to do the study as well. And I uh, formulated a little group. So shout out to my Micah 6 mm-hmm. group. You you ladies know who you are. Um, we met weekly for, I think it ended up taking us nine weeks because some, some ladies had babies and things like that. So we had to work mm-hmm. around things, but we made it work and we finished it. Uh, during that time of study with those women, I learned so much from this passage. And um, one of the things though, from Micah 6 and in terms of justice that I feel like I saw so vividly and in God in his heart and in his word was that when we long for justice, we long to see what is wrong and defiled in our world made right and whole. I mean, that is like the heart of justice. We want to see what's wrong made right. And mm. I think at times it can feel like, all right, God, like just make it right. And we don't understand fully his timing. But And I think this is why justice can feel at times a little bit uncomfortable. I think that's why it can feel like Mm. I want to do justice, but like, am I really making a difference? Am I really, is this really Mm. something really happening here? Um, And so I think walking in justice requires a lot of trust and faith Mm. in God and saying, God, I'm going to, I'm going to do these things you've called me to do for justice, but like, I may not see the whole picture. I may not see the whole story. And so for me, um, with, in terms of adoption and, and, and justice for the fatherless and the motherless, I see it so vividly throughout scripture. There's multiple passages, you know, even outside of Micah six that, um, I feel like God has shown me this importance of bringing justice for those who are, uh, the fatherless and the motherless. And one of the first passages that jumped out to me was James one twenty seven, which says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the father is this to visit orphans and widows and their affliction. Mm. In Isaiah one seventeen, we see learn to do right, seek justice, encourage the oppressed, defend the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. 
In John 14, 18, we see, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. All these truths point and show us that God's heart is for the fatherless, and even his plan of salvation reflects that to to us. Um, He he adopts us into his family, literally. It came with great sacrifice, Um, and he tells us through his plan of salvation, you are worth it. I will go to great (laughs) lengths to make this right. And so I see that so, so vividly as I, as I walk out in this adoption journey that I'm in, that God also feels the same way about us, his children. He chooses us to bring us into his family. Um, and I also love that I've seen all these truths play out in what is known as the adoption triad. Mm. So if you're in the adoption world, you've probably heard this this being spoken about. And for those who don't know what that is, I'll explain it. This tree head is actually made up of um, the adoptive parents, the birth parents, and the child. So when an adoption happens, there's these three components that make it possible. And um, there's so much sacrifice and love that makes this triad possible. Um, and it's seen in the sacrifice that the birth mother makes as she creates her adoption plan for her unborn child, the strength and the selfless love it takes to actually choose this path, as well as, um, you know, the physical sacrifice to carry and birth a child. Um, I also see it in the uh, component of the adoptive parents and how they adjust their lives and give so much time to the mountains of paperwork, uh, creating space and preparing their home to meet all the state guidelines um, and the finances that it requires to make an adoption possible. Um, And then also just in praying and growing Um, this child in their heart um, to actually pray and dream of them before they're even known. I mean, it's just such a beautiful picture of how um, God dreams and knows of us before we were even a thought. (laughs) Um, And then also to see it in the life of the child. I mean, the child who was brought into this world under what was probably looked at as very difficult, messy circumstances. And in, even in the midst of that, they are chosen. They are chosen by their birth mom as she chooses to give them the gift of life and a family. They are chosen by the adoptive parents to welcome them and love them and cherish them. And ultimately, they are chosen by our Father in heaven who knew and loved them before they were known. And I just think this is such a beautiful picture of just God's love, redemption, and justice to make things new and whole. Now you got me crying, Mac. Literally. I got tears busting out over over your word. (laughs) It's like spiritual poetry. Mm. And as you're speaking and you're talking about this triad of unity, community, you know, redemption, sacrifice, you know, of course, as Christ followers, I'm thinking about the Trinity, right? The triad of love, Mm. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Mm. that actually beautifully depicts a family, Father, Mother, Son, and the mutual um, beautiful picture that's being created. So, I mean, when I think about the heart of justice that was plopped into your childlike spirit, grown and watered as a teenager, flourishing even under, you know, difficult circumstances. And to hear you describe 
what is so much the picture of redemptive love and the fullness of mm-hmm. justice. It makes me long for more of this in my life and our lives. And then also just a sense of hope shooting up in my heart for what's to come for mm-hmm. your family. So thank you for, you know, just like there's something about a picture that helps us understand the ways of God, his nature. Mm. And this adoption Mm -hmm. picture that you've painted for us, this triad of love and relationship, there's, there's something Mm. pretty vivid about the picture of justice that you're painting for all of us in a very real way. Mm -hmm. So here's the part that, you know, if you would be so vulnerable and open to let us in on is, you know, along the way of this adoption journey, um, what have you been learning? You know, what uh, could you encourage others about if they're wanting to get involved in, you know, adoption, the motherless, the fatherless, but even other parts of doing justice and what would feel like mm. insurmountable odds, you know, passion, obstacles, and what it looks like to begin pivoting our our lives to accommodate what that looks like. Can you, can you give us some of your learnings in that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think something that I have learned in this journey to adoption is that no matter what season of life that you are currently in, you can actively play a part in the ministry to the fatherless and the motherless. And, and the reason I know this is because my, um, role in this minute type of ministry and this, um, part of God's heart has shifted in multiple ways. And so it can look like supporting and praying for a family that is on the journey to adopt a child. It can look like a financial sponsorship to help provide for the needs of orphans mm-hmm. and children around the world. It can look like actually taking the very brave and vulnerable step of saying, hey, we're going to adopt. Hey, we're going to foster. We're going to welcome these children in our lives. So it can look uh, different for different people in the season that you're in. Um, But also it can just look like by actively getting involved in bringing justice um, to oppressed women and children in the world, like getting involved in something like the Freedom Challenge Mm -hmm. as well. Um, Because the Freedom Challenge... Their, our goal is to bring awareness um, and funds and freedom to oppress women and children, many who are fatherless and motherless. And yeah. so there are so many ways to get involved. But I think something that, that God has really taught me through this is that um, it can look different what God is leading you to do in the season that you're in. But we can all actively play a part no matter what. That's good. And I'll say now, now that I'm entering into the season of bringing a child into our family and home, I will say it's equally exciting, but it is very, very emotionally difficult at times. Um, you were saying you had tears, Tracy, me too. Like it's hard to, it's hard to get through this even for myself without feeling, um, that emotion. Um, but I think it's also a season that's requiring a lot of patience as we wait, uh, to match with the child. So I just want to speak out to anybody who's listening, who maybe is, waiting to be matched, um, in their adoption journey, or they are beginning their adoption journey and you're feeling like, whoa, what, what am I stepping into? This is so much. Cause it is a lot. I just want to share, like, I, I truly feel that God has given me kind of this unique perspective 
now as I've shifted into this role um, in the world of adoption, um, especially when we are presented with situations of birth moms in the matching um, phase, we are uh, given these stories and these pictures of birth moms and their babies who are considering our family as they make their adoption plan. And while we wait for the birth mom to make her decision, I really have felt God inviting me into this ministry of prayer for these specific birth moms and babies. And so what turned into a time where I would pray for orphans and I'd pray for people who were pursuing adoption and trying to welcome these children into their home, I am now getting to pray for these specific moms, these by name, you know, and these babies. Mm -hmm. What a beautiful privilege it is to get to play even a small part in these children's lives. Um, as God directs them to their chosen family. You know, I, I, I'm privileged to know information that not very many people get to know. And so I don't take that lightly. I feel that God is um, inviting me to that even when we haven't been chosen yeah. by a birth mom. And that can feel hard. I know that God is using our prayers and growing us through this season, even in the difficult moments of it. So ultimately, the advice that I would give to someone who maybe is uh, praying about getting involved um, in the ministry of adoption in some way is to really let God just direct your steps Um, because he will. He will make your path straight on what he wants you to do for this. And um, one of the things that when I was little, I loved, loved the song, um, I Have Decided Mm -hmm. to Follow Jesus. I used to love that song. And when I got baptized, I actually got baptized in a random swimming pool in Guatemala. And I wanted everybody to sing that song after I got baptized. So I like have this vivid memory of everyone singing that. And the words say, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. And so for some reason, Jesus has been bringing that back up into my heart of you've decided to follow me, no turning back, Mm -hmm. like no turning back, no matter how much you feel like this is, you know, too hard and you just want to quit, no turning back because I've got you. Um, So for those in the same season and journey, I know it seems long and my very once confident and fearless yes to this, um, if I'm being totally honest, it has turned into a very weary and tired yes, but um, he remains faithful through it and he will keep you every step of the way. And I know that my story and my life is a living example of his faithfulness and we know that God is a God of justice. He will bring justice to the fatherless and the motherless and his perfect timing. And he invites us to go on that journey with him. So trust him and he will lead. And that's, that's the best advice I know to give. Yes. And yes. And amen. And even as you were sharing about that song, I don't know if I shared this with you, but maybe it will even give some more texture to that song and your circumstance because we're all, we're all, you've invited all of us to act as prayerful intercessors for your family now as you walk out doing mm-hmm. justice. But um, in when we were summiting Kilimanjaro, I'll never mm-hmm. forget a potent part of that journey. I think we were a couple of hours out from the summit and it was, you know, all of the things that I've shared about it being very dark and cold and it, all that. And all of a sudden, this precious man, Tanzanian man, starts singing in Swahili, I have decided to follow Jesus. And he was singing mm-hmm. it in Swahili so we could recognize, you know, the the um, the mm-hmm. tune. 
And there was something about the invigoration for me to finish what I was doing. And at that very moment, those words, you know, just connected my heart to we're going to finish. And I just thought of that, you know, Mac, because you're in the middle of your journey and that song, Mm. right? It's like lifting off the pages for sort of this now moment of Mm. um, what he's calling you guys into, but then us with you as we watch this play out. It's beautiful. Mm. But we have to wrap up this episode now. And that's so sad (laughs) because time is an element, but... (laughs) You know, I'm wondering if you would pray for our listeners as they begin to digest and we as a movement of passionate women, sisters and listeners who will be joining in on Mm -hmm. these conversations of what the Lord requires, would you pray for us as we begin to digest this piece, what it looks like to Mm -hmm. do justice? Pray for us, Mac. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much um, for just these reminders that we find in your word of what it means to do justice and your heart for justice, Lord. And um, I just pray for all of the Freedom Sisters and listeners uh, tuning into this episode, Lord, that they would be... um, just encouraged, inspired, and um, Lord, just following you and your leading for what it looks like to do justice in their own lives, how you want them to partner with you in this journey to justice, Lord. And whatever that looks like, God, we ask that you would just um, journey with them, go before them, show them the way, make their path straight, and give them whatever tools and resources and courage that they might need to take those steps out in faith. And Lord, we want to just specifically lift up anybody here that might be listening, going through this process of adoption or getting involved in the ministry of adoption, Lord, and what it means to have a heart for the fatherless and the motherless in our world, Lord. We know that this is a heavy and at times difficult uh, area mm-hmm. that um, that we are putting our hands to and putting our hearts out for Lord, but we know that you know these babies and these mothers that are out there, you know, these children who are waiting for their families, Lord, you knew them before they were known and you know us before we were known. And so Lord, we just ask that you would just um, continue to plant and water and cultivate those dreams that these people have to um, bring these children into their homes. Mm -hmm. And Lord, we ask that you would just keep them in your perfect peace, that you would lead them in the way that they should go, Lord, that you would um, remind them of your faithfulness and your goodness, even when things feel hard and heavy and dark. And Lord, we just thank you so much for all that you do for us. We thank you for your love and for your mercy and for your reminders of uh, how you have chosen us and how you love us and how you adopt us into your family, Lord. We are so grateful to you. We love you. And we lift all of these things up in your perfect and holy name. Amen. Amen. Let it be so. Thank you, Michaela, for opening your heart and inviting us into your your now story. And friends, here's the question. 
What does the Lord require of us but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? And maybe just maybe this is the path for us in living freedom. If you want to get our Bible study, you can order it on Amazon. You could also go to our website and it will connect you to the link. I hope that you will dig into it and dive into this scripture that will begin to formulate a well-informed why to what we do. And until next time, friends and listeners, let's continue to do good by helping enslaved women and children do more than you ever thought physically possible and do it together by connecting with women who have a heart for a hurting world. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. If you liked what you heard, join the fight to set women and children on a pathway to freedom across the globe. We are a proud ministry of Operation Mobilization USA and encourage you to learn more at thefreedomchallenge.com and omusa.org for how you can get involved. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram at the FCUSA, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to let us know what you think. We'll see you next time.